Someone that I know, yeah, okay, used to love Cheetos, uh huh, and ate Cheetos all the time, and they they finally just had like gorged themselves on Cheetos, <sighs> and then they were stopped up, yeah, okay, and so <laughs> they had to work out this uh, this problem, oh. right? And what what landed was a giant orange <laughs> Cheeto. Of some- <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hopper Podcast. I'm William. And I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. William is a hospice chaplain. We've been friends for over 20 years. For that amount of time, we've been having thoughtful, passionate, hospitable conversations about what is good and right and beautiful in the world. Each week, we pull an idea out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm all right. Very well. Well, hey, you know, I was thinking last time we talked about cultural things that we like and dislike, and I thought, you know, we need to talk about what we like and dislike about white culture. Okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of a lot of folks, yeah. white folks, yeah, yeah. don't realize that they have a culture. Oh, they, right, yeah, right. They've right, been right. in the dominant culture, and they think that's just the way things are. Yeah. Uh, it's like the fish. You know, fish don't know what water is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. They mm-hmm. just think it's it's the way it's always been. This yeah. is America. Yeah. Right. And if the cultural shifts happen in America, uh, then. It, if any kind of shift happens in America, that we're losing Americana yeah, instead of the white culture. Right. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about white culture. What do you like about it? Um, what do I like about white culture? Yeah. Yeah, we're both white. Um, I, like I said last time, one of the things I like about white culture is punctuality. We tend to be more punctual than other... I mean, there are that there's variance sure. among sure. all groups of people. But yeah, we tend to be more punctual than most others. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I do. I, I, you know, I'm not always on time, but I'm going to be close. Yeah. And I used to be uh, probably a little bit early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm, I'm, I think I'm classically two minutes late. Yeah. Um, and, and it was always a frustration, which is a common frustration between a uh, husband and wife, that one of them is more punctual than the other. Almost always. Yeah. yeah. Any two people. Yeah. Yeah. And so they got to work that out and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, but punctuality, I think, is, uh, really makes uh, things work. Yeah. Um, and and with that, I would say customer service. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like like solid customer service. Yes, that has to do with that. The customer is always right, and that mm-hmm. that's similar to punctuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and not that I've had any any negative experiences outside of the white culture, but I think it does. I think it does come from white culture in America. Yeah, um, I can't speak for the world, but yeah, yeah. There's a there's another aspect that I like a lot is a sense that. It depends on what you mean by white culture, right? So the, it, yeah. this goes back. That, that's a hard thing to define, and I don't really want to spend time defining it um, to be more, that specific. But um, I rail against the hyper-individuality of uh, the Western culture a bunch. Right. And, I think, and, I, and I'm going to keep doing that, and I think it's right. right, right. However individuality has brought us some really good things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, so think about individuality in music, where uh, we um, praise and and prize someone who does a, a really good job 
at, in their instrument or in their voice or in composition. And that's how you get like a Mozart, a Beethoven, a Bach, a Tchaikovsky, yeah. a Handel. Like these, those are all composers. But you also have other people who excel in specific instruments. And that really comes from white culture, this individuality, this, this hyper. Then it goes really bad in ways that oh, I've yeah. talked a bunch about before. Sure. And I will talk again. It goes really bad. But... Um, that music and excelling that way, but also not just in music, but also in science and in uh, economics and in theology, where like there's the uh, you think really, really deeply about something and that's prized, and we really reward that mm-hmm. um, well mm-hmm. as well as, as different from having to share that with everybody where there's not much reward um, for working really hard yourself yeah. to hone your craft. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about country music the other day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I like some. I don't like all. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure I know why, but one of the things I like about it mm-hmm. is the, the, the focus on family. Yeah. And, uh, and the wholesomeness yes. of, and the simplicity yes. of living off the land. Yes. Of relying on God, of being with your family. Yes. Um, those are all qualities that I like and, and you want to hear the right kind of country song it can it can promote a nostalgia or a, a sentiment in me even mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and that, those are all good things um, and the idea of putting down roots you yeah. know this is where this is where I'm from this is my family's from this is where I'm going to stay yeah uh, there's something to that yeah um, no I, I like to travel and I like mm-hmm. uh, you know cities and I like culture and all that sure and I like to experience different things mm-hmm. um, but there's also something to be said about choosing a simplistic life mm-hmm. where you're not trying to get super wealthy or super mm-hmm. famous or you're, mm-hmm. you're just doing what you need to do to take care of family and to walk with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bible talks about just just lead, lead a quiet life, do something with your hands, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and there, there is something to that. And, yeah. and, and even watching something grow and planting yeah. um, and relying on God for rain and and really, it, it causes a, a deep gratitude when you see something grow. It's simply amazing mm-hmm. that food grows out of the ground. Yeah. You know, this little seed yeah. can produce big watermelons. And Okay, wait a second now. Yeah. The simple life and settling down with a family and growing something out of the ground, doing something with your hands, you telling me that that's not African culture as well? Sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a celebration of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Africans celebrate it in Africa. Okay. Um, but in, I'm just talking about country music. There's sure. a celebration of it so that's, in the music. Okay, yeah. So there's like a cultural... Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that re- resonates with a lot of people who listen and like country music. Sure. That mm-hmm. kind of, um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is who I am, some sort yeah. of identity. Yeah. Um, but as far as like white culture... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things in America, I'll speak for America. There have been yeah. systems of law all over the world. We know yeah. that, but we have a law, a, a rule of law yeah. that is supposed to be based on Judeo-Christian ethic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we know we, we we would not say that America is a Christian nation. No, we don't. But we can't say that it's not. Sure, um, that it does have that foundation, although. We can we can move into what we don't like about white culture very sure. quickly. Oh yeah, when we start talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea that we have uh, we have lawyers and courts yes. and judges, yes. and you're going to be tried not by the government, by a panel of your peers. Right. Uh, that is 
profoundly wonderful. Yeah, that. So uh, that's the other thing I was. Th- that's another thing I was thinking of. Exactly, democracy really goes back to the Greeks and the Romans, uh, which are were white people, right? That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very different culture. You and I would feel like foreigners if we were there in ancient Greece, but. Um, but then, yeah, moving up through in England when you've got uh, like a bill of rights, basically, you know, that people have a right to be tried by their peers and uh, laws apply to everyone, not just to, you know, you can't oppress the poor, that kind of thing. Yeah, and of course, we, we've really failed. Uh, it, Indeed. But yeah. the ideal is amazing. Yes. Yeah, just the, the thought that you're, you're, uh, that a police force has certain restrictions and limitations. Sure. They can't do something illegal. They're not supposed to. Yeah. They're not supposed to enter your property. You have, right. You, you know, they're not supposed to, to That's uh, right. unlawfully search and seize things that belong to you. The same with the wealthy. You know, the president doesn't get to do just whatever he or she wants. Right. Right. That's, that's the idea, anyway. That's the ideal. Yeah. Right. And the ideal is good. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and unfortunately, in our history, it was only working for white folks. Indeed. Um, Indeed. And, yeah, right. And so, you know, there was an argument at some point as to how full a human is a black person. Yeah. yeah. Three-fifths, right? Yeah, three-fifths. Mm-hmm. Um, which is absolutely uh, unbelievable. It's right? unconscionable. Yeah. Um, and so there, all these laws and, and the, the right to be tried by a jury doesn't really work if the jury's all a bunch of racist white Indeed. people. No question about um, it. And you're, you've, been, you've been committing um, no crime, but you have been labeled as a criminal, and right. now you're brought in right, to, right, to right. take the heat, and you're, you're facing oh, a panel of people it's who— It's awful. Yeah. yeah. No, I terrible, hear you. Terrible. Right. In practice, it didn't work real well. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so—and uh, yet— it's such a big improvement from just some lord or yes. king saying, this is what I want to do. Exactly. I'm going to take your land. That's I'm right. I'm going to throw you in jail. That's right. We'll make you disappear. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, we're still sinful people. Um, everybody. Everybody. And that's what the laws are supposed to curb. But <laughs> you can't. laws don't change hearts. Right. What else do you like? About white culture? Yeah. I have wanted to like baseball. <laughs> you have tried, wanted. You've tried. I've tried so hard to like baseball. Yeah. And that, that's white. That's a white culture. There's a lot of black people that play baseball, but that's a that's very much a white thing. It's moved into Latinos, I think uh, so. South America, and, and yeah. uh, Japan. Uh, yeah, of, Asia. Yeah. yeah. But let's just talk about America, because that's what we know. Yeah, I, that's right. I don't know everything about the world, but... Sure, sure, sure. You know, think about what you grew up with and think, you know, this. I valued this. This is a quality. Yeah. Um, hmm... Baseball's not one of them, though, huh? No, I, yeah. I've tried. I don't like baseball very much. Um, Apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's no, no. See, this is the question. I was talking yeah. with my wife about this. Yeah. And like, what's the difference between American culture and white culture? Right. Right. There's a difference between those two things. Like hot dogs. I like hot dogs. Is hot dogs white culture? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but I do like hot dogs. Yeah. And that that makes it difficult to know what is white culture, and that's sure. why the in, the this radical individualism I think really is uniquely white, and we've taken it way too far. But there are some good things about it. Hmm. I find this fascinating, but I feel like we're swimming in waters that are too deep for us. Yeah, uh, it. We need some uh, experts. We need some sociologists. We need some indeed historians. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we need some experts to. Okay, white culture that I like. Um, bluegrass music. Okay. I really like bluegrass music a lot. I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Banjo 
uh, which was actually African, but it's right. been used very um, uh, the way that um, white. Appalachian people have used it mm-hmm. um, is is uniquely became, white. Yeah, it became a unique. They, they really. Yeah, it, you know the banjo. I actually play a little bit of. Banjo, I know you do. Yeah, and, uh, and it was called the banjo. I believe it's, a, it's uh-huh. whether uh, it's some sort of gourd stringed instrument from yeah. Africa. Yeah, um, and uh, there are people who I would love to see redeem that in, in, mm-hmm. in an African way and bring about yeah. some sort of African use of it. Yeah, but I think originally it was used in the minstrel shows and, mm-hmm. and was mocking mm-hmm. uh, Africans. And that's how it kind of took off into mm. white culture. Is that right? I didn't yeah. know that. I think that's right. Um, of course, there's going to be someone who's who hears this and says, "Oh no, no, that's not right." Uh, let us know, please, please <laughs> yeah. let us know. Because the place that I heard that the, that the connection was was in Appalachia. So we're not too far from that right now here in right. Bowling Green, Kentucky, in Appalachia, um, where um, the very very poor white uh, people, mountain people hillbillies, some would say, mm-hmm. um, came into very, very close connection with ex-slaves and those families and and shared music. And so the slaves had, you know, the, the, the ban- basically the banjo. Right. And then these, these other folks, like, here, let me let me try that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I love the banjo. Yeah. Love the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did take on a distinctly bluegrass yes. Uh, style. Yes, 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 yes. Um, with a fiddle and a bass and a guitar and, yeah, mm-hmm, drums. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and and a lot of my black friends do not care for the banjo because mm-hmm. uh, they see mm-hmm. it as as ethnically white. And, yes, and yes. Po- quite possibly racist. Yes, uh, but I, like I said, I like to see some redemption on that. Indeed, I think that pe- a lot of people who do use the banjo are racist, um, but that doesn't mean that the culture is is bad. Right, right. I mean, that's right. uh, although I can understand the difficulty with the association for sure. Yeah, you know, as I sit here struggling to think about what I like and dislike about white culture. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, we can spend more time talking about what we dislike, yeah. but there's a lot of that out there right now. Indeed. Um, uh, there's a lot of things to, to not like. Um, I, I realize that we're really much closer together and that, there, that all these cultures have interacted yeah. in ways that we don't even know and understand. That's right. Uh, all across the world. That's we're, right. We're, we're, we're in 2021 yeah. now, and there's yeah. there's been a lot of... Back in the day, Japan was isolated. You know, right. there's still like isolated tribes down yeah. in, in Venezuela and the yeah. jungles and things like that. But for the most part, people have been getting around the world for some time now. They're all on Facebook. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we want the same things, don't we? I mean, we want yeah. peace. We want we want yeah. family solidarity. We we want yeah. to enjoy community. We want yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I think we want law. That's right. Um, Everybody you know, does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we want we want at least the effects of law, yeah. right? We don't mm-hmm. want people stealing from us or killing us and right. so forth and so on. And so there's, there, we're really more alike than we are. That's right. Yeah. Dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, when, um, when my, when I was a pastor of a church in North Carolina, there was a church about a half mile away, uh, from us that was an African American, a CME church. Um, and it was a church that was really founded for slaves. Uh, and uh, during the Civil Rights Movement, Dr. King preached there. And so I got to know the pastor there really well. And uh, she and I would have cold worship services together. She's a wonderful, wonderful uh, woman of faith, woman mm-hmm. of God, a wonderful preacher. And so then um, 
we tried to combine, the first time we tried to combine services, we tried to take some elements of, of the worship service of my church and my tradition and some of the elements of worship service of her church and her tradition and put them together. It was awful, horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. Yeah. So what we decided is that we would just, my church would go to be with her um, and their that church, and then we would just be, we would be there and support what right. they were doing. And then when they would come, and they, okay, and that worked much better. And she and I used to teach together about the differences between black and white um, church traditions mm. and the values of them. And one of the things that we used to say that was super enlightening to people is that in the black tradition, this was an old historic, mostly elderly black people, um, right. and so like they didn't like Kirk Franklin or any of that kind of stuff. It was you know they, right. uh, and so they all dressed up. I mean, they dressed to the nines for worship. And that was not my church. And so we would say, what would, the best of that um, preference, that style, is that you, we are going to worship the king, and we are going to come into his presence, and it is fitting to wear your best clothes and to bring your very best to right. him, because he is the Lord. And then when we come to my church, people wear you know uh, shorts and T-shirts, sandals. sandals. Yeah. yeah. And th- what we would teach is, it's not disrespectful, or it doesn't have to be. Um, Rather, we're coming as we are. We're not trying to put on airs. We're not trying to pretend. We're trying to be honest about who we are hmm. and come with all our brokenness and come with, you know, we're not trying to hide anything. Now, there's a bad way to do both of those. Sure. There's a bet you can put, you can dress up really, really fancy as a way to cover yourself and to wait to, you know, my dress looks better than that lady's dress and I can uh, flaunt my wealth in a way that these persons can. That's horrible and evil and that should not be happening at church. There's also a way of being disrespectful and uh, when you come into the presence of the Lord and you're wearing sandals yeah. and cutoffs because you don't really care yeah. and you're coming as if it's a, uh, you know, you're going out to. Well, you could be breaking the third commandment, right? The, that's a, the nature of that commandment. That it's not that we say his name in vain, but that we, right. don't, we don't respect the gravitas do his name. Exactly. Yeah. So just because someone is dressed up doesn't mean that they're doing it right or wrong. Just because someone is dressed down doesn't mean that they're doing it right or wrong. But there's these tendencies, and so we tried as much as possible to say, hey, look, when we go to, when we all worship together in the black mm. church, we're all going to dress up. And this is, we're not putting on airs, or let's not have anybody put on airs. Let's uh, dress up because this is the right thing to do when we come before the king. And then we, uh, we you know, when we go to this white Presbyterian church, we're all going to dress down. We're going to dress casual because none of us are that special. We're mm. all broken and messed up, and we are not nearly as good as we like to to present that we are. Yeah, yeah. Come, come humbly. And so it's just different cultures. It's just different ways, right. you know. And sometimes the cultural frustrations that we have, or not even understanding our own, right, is because uh, we don't understand the symbols. What these symbols are supposed to mean, right. And, you know, I think my point earlier is that the, the thing is we're both trying to come together yeah, in corporate worship that's right. and focus on God. Yes. And that's really what we need to be about yes. as the people of God, is, yes. that, is what we have in common. Um, but it's really important to understand those differences yeah. and distinctions. That's right. Uh, unless we become uh, headstrong and arrogant and think that we the way we do things is best or right, because that's what I've known. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's been married knows this. I mean, <laughs> you come from different family systems, and when it comes time to, to do Christmas, how are we doing Christmas? Yeah. You have your, the right way? You have your idea. Yeah. They have their idea right. based on their own their own experiences. And birthdays yeah. and bedtime. And, and, and what does a man and wife, if they want to have a good marriage, yeah. what do they do? They figure out how to do it together. Yeah. What they does understand this mean? Yeah. How, who they came from, their family system, what it meant to them, and they figure out a new way to 
do it together. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's so important. And white people, a lot of folks are waking up to that. Um, I think you and I woke up to that a long time. I shouldn't use the word woke. I don't like that word. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to use it in that way. Sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of you and I have had our eyes opened. I think because <laughs> <laughs> that's not being woke at all. No, right. I, I don't know. Uh, to to the sense that white people like us have a unique culture. Um, you and I have both been involved in church planting in our denomination, and for so long, and maybe still, people talk about church planting and ethnic church planting. Right. And from the time I was in seminary, which was, what, 20 years ago, yeah. I remember um, just being furious at the term ethnic church planting right. because every church planted is an ethnic church. Right. Um, every church planted is an ethnic church. I've yeah. said that so many times, and people, well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. That's yeah. why I'm saying this. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, like, there's other, yeah, anyway. Dave, this this question brings up so many other topics. This is a topic that just blooms other topics yeah. um, by the hundreds, and we're going to have to cut it off there, but maybe we'll talk about this another time. Sure. Dave, when we lived in Miami, Catherine and I had an extra bedroom, and we decided to host students from other countries who would come um, to Miami. Generally, these were like um, just finished high school or into college, like that age group, um, young people, and then they would go into the University of Miami. We lived right next to the campus, and they would study English for eight hours a day, immersion, and then they would come and live with us. They would have homework. They got to talk to their host parents. Um, that's who we were about whatever the topic was for the day. They're learning vocabulary and syntax and all like that, and then they would stay with us for a while. And it was hilarious. There were so many. The first, my, the very first student we ever had was a lady from Japan, and she came first time outside of Japan. In fact, she lived in a small town, very small town in Japan, first time that she was ever out of her small town wow. in Japan. So she flew like all day, got to Miami, took a taxi to our house, and it was just me alone. Catherine was working. And so she came into our house, and the taxi driver helped her bring all of her stuff there, and she was going to be there for a month. She was going to live with us for a month. She said to me, uh, she knew just a tiny bit of English, tiny bit of English, never been outside her little town in Japan. Mm. She said, my name is Hui Jun." And I said, oh, nice to meet you, Hui Jun." She said, no, 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 no. Hui Jun." Hui Jun." No, no. Hui Jun." Hui Jun." At, I mean, I, I kept getting it wrong. I understand right. there's a tonal language thing going on there. She never met anybody outside of Japan that was trying to say her name before. I was the first person ever, and I wasn't getting it. And yeah. I, I don't know if I was calling her a whore or what it was, <laughs> but it was whatever it was was pretty offensive, and I was doing my level best. I mean, I yeah. know it's a tonal language. Right. I'm trying to match her tone exactly. She was not having it. And, but, you know, if she wants to keep going with it, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give up on her name, right? So as long as she, and so we went for 15, 20 minutes. All right. Uh, just the two, and she, and she finally, she gave up. Well, she stayed with us for quite a while, and um, she was a lovely, lovely girl. 
And uh, we got to know her really well. Her last day that she was about to leave and go back home to Japan, she had made huge progress in English. And she wanted her friend from the program to come and to have lunch with us. She wanted to, because she loved us so much, and she's apparently told her friend about us, can I invite my friend over for lunch and to meet you or whatever? That's fine. So we came over. And I noticed that her friend was calling her Yo. Yo. Interesting. And so after the friend left, I said, the friend was calling you Yo. And she said, oh, yeah, that's my name. (laughs) I said, is it go like this, Yo? Yeah, that's it. That's it? That's it, Yo. Like, well, I could have been calling you Yo all this time instead of calling you whatever Hui Jween is. (laughs) And she said, oh, no, Mr. William, that's, you can't call me Yo. Uh, And apparently there's some sort of... uh, I'll tell you one other story. Uh, some sort of respect thing. Like he, she was, I, I'm the man of the house, and like there's a station thing that Yo was too intimate or familiar or something. I don't know. We had another guy who stayed with us for about a month. He was from um, Turkey. He was from Istanbul. And uh, we lived right across the street from a grocery store. And so he came in. He's very quiet. A lot of our students were, especially at the beginning, because they didn't know English that well. And so, again, he's very young. First time away from home, he lived in a big city, and so he incur- he met lots of people. But he the, for his first time away from home, and he's he got a bedroom by himself. We gave him a place to um, a place in the kitchen, you know, a, a drawer in the refrigerator, and here's pots and pans, and you can cook for yourself, and this is your home. He never went in the kitchen. He stayed. He he come in, go right upstairs to his room. We never saw him. He 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 talked to us for for his for his uh, um, classwork, and that was it. Okay. Well, he's, he's required to do conversation. And Did so, you smell bad? Uh, well, you know, I may have. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Because um, he was avoiding Catherine, too, and she smells great. Um, okay, so he would so he would go and get groceries almost every day. Okay, for some people, that's a cult. That's what they do. And so mm-hmm. he, I mean, we were walking distance. I mean, it was right across the street from a Publix grocery store. And then he would get, and he would immediately go right up to his room, and that was it. And he would eat in his room, whatever. Well, Toward the end of his stay, he stayed for, I think, two weeks. Toward the end of his stay, he said, I don't feel so good. And so we thought maybe he was talking about the hospital or something, He's or because that was a topic. We thought it was a conversation thing. It wasn't a conversation thing. He was feeling really bad. He's something in his gut. We mm. couldn't really explain. And we were like, yeah, I'm not sure how it is in Turkey, but here you can't just go to the hospital. Like there's, um, there's insurance, and I'm sure that you've got some plan – Unless you're really dying right now, go and see the school's going to have a nurse. School's going to have an infirmary. Right. Yeah. And so he went, and they helped him some, and then he left. We went up to his room afterwards, after he left, and he had about a 1,000 packs of Capri Sun. Oh, right. <laughs> and... The only other thing in there was a hundred uh, bags of Cheetos. He, oh, for, for, my goodness. For two weeks, he lived on Cheetos and Capri Sun. He's like, this American food is great. It's awesome. It was first time away from home. It's junk food that his mom never let him have. And he came and he just went nuts on, on Cheetos and Capri Sun. And then he said, I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good. Hey, 
this is terrible. It's gross, but I got to share it. All right, go ahead. So, and I won't, t- I won't, I won't uh, call him out. But someone that I know, yeah, okay, used to love Cheetos, uh huh, and ate Cheetos all the time, and they they finally just had like gorged themselves on Cheetos, <sighs> and then they were stopped up. Yeah, okay, and so <laughs> they had to work out this uh, this problem, right? Oh. And what what landed? Was a giant orange Cheeto. (laughs) (laughs) Was like a giant plastic turd. Like you know, Cheetos are practically styrofoam. Oh Uh, my goodness! So they blocked themselves up with Cheetos, and they did. Yeah. So there was this giant Cheeto. That would go down the, the wouldn't go down the toilet. <laughs> so oh, yeah, no. it's a, it's not even food, man. It's like this oh. guy's eating Capri Sun and, and styrofoam, yeah, orange styrofoam. Right. Yeah, that's you know, one time I I used to love oatmeal cream pies. Okay, yeah. Like, used you know, to? You don't uh, yeah. love them well, anymore? I can have one. Yeah. But you know, I, I used to like them a lot and yeah. it seemed like they were they were always gone uh-huh. pretty fast. Yeah. So when I was in college, I was like, you know what? We're gonna. I'm hanging out with the guys. We're gonna get a movie. We're gonna get some drinks or whatever. I'm gonna buy this this pack of oatmeal cream pies and eat as many as I want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I'm fit. I'm yeah. young. I'm healthy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tear these things up. Do it. And they were a dollar and nine cents for twelve of them. Yeah. And I got about halfway through the pack, and then I start feeling like like wet, like my forehead, <laughs> my face. I feel like fevery. Yeah. You know, and I and my skin is getting like oily. It's yeah. Like it's like I'm sweating trans fat. Oh. You know, and and then my stomach starts turning. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm yeah. at my friend's house, and I'm like, oh gosh. And then it it, it triggered the emergency evacuation system. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think that's food either. Yeah, I think the oatmeal part is maybe two percent, two percent oatmeal. Yeah, two percent oatmeal. Yeah, what's the rest of it? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it it went into the Chesapeake Bay eventually, I guess. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, as all uh, oatmeal cream pies in that area do. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Cheetos and Capri Sun. That guy was living the dream. He was living. <laughs> it was. It turned into a nightmare. I can't I don't imagine. Feel his, so good. I don't feel so good. <laughs> his flight home, I'm sure, to Istanbul was not good. <laughs> Will you be coming out soon? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with this giant Cheeto? <laughs> We didn't find any of those in the in the in our toilet, uh, but maybe he was dropping them in the in the uh, at the school. I don't know why this made me think of it, but one time we were spreading manure on some plants in our yard. You don't know why this is making you think of manure? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so for some strange reason, um, I just remembered this story about manure. Yeah, manure. Uh, yeah, and so uh, this kid next door in Philadelphia, he's a young kid. Um, he comes bounding across the driveway, and he, he sees a, the family outside and wants to see what we're up to. Yeah. And he says, hey, guys, what you... Something's wrong! <laughs> <laughs> Mid-sentence, he got a whiff of that manure. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbed his nose. And was, Something's wrong! And we... <laughs> Could not stop laughing because that just tickles me. Like something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a normal smell out in the yard. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> it's not good. It's bad. It's not right. It's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> Uh, that's good yeah that's good okay
Thanks for listening to The Hopper Podcast. What did we miss? What did we get wrong? Email us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to tell Willie about how his voice sounds like Bertha's belly rumble, yeah, you can email me at I don't think so at dot com. Join us next week for the Hopper Podcast when we'll talk about feeding children fancy feast and telling them it's <laughs> I, I, are you serious? Well, if you got a better idea for the Hopper topic, record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com. And you might hear your voice on a future episode. Do you know anyone else who would enjoy the Hopper Podcast? Tell them about it. And give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. That helps others find the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is produced with the help of the BBC, the Bull Butter Corn Dogs.